It's all about pure positive talk radio, gang. Every Saturday, three solid hours. We rock with you, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. David Essel in the box with you right now, broadcasting live out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California. How are you tonight? And we are so happy to have you on board. With all the distractions that are out there, things that you could do other than listening to the show, we thank you for making sure that you are tuning in. To the 12 million XM satellite subscribers, welcome aboard. To the many more listening to us around the world at talkdavid.com. It is XM Satellite Radio 168. Proud to be part of the Premier Radio Network, absolutely. The whole purpose of this show is to help you to overcome blocks, set powerful goals, and achieve those goals. That's it, period. Whether we're talking about in your love life with your fitness, we've got Dr. Tom Seaborn coming up, author of, of 16 books on fitness. He'll be with us in a couple minutes, and maybe you have uh, fitness goals that you haven't been achieving. You're not going after. You're not sticking with it. Well, welcome aboard. 85% of America is on your side, unfortunately, but Dr. Tom's going to help us break through that. Uh, maybe it's about love, addiction, recovery. could be about your spiritual path. Uh, might even be about attitude. Later on in the show, we have uh, NBC News correspondent Carrie Sanders coming on. Now, you know, Carrie is the type of guy that goes to Haiti for the the earthquake, uh, Chile for the mine disaster, all those kind of things. And we're going to find out for him the good news stories in the tragedies. It's all about attitude, right? And then later on in the show... Andrea Adler, uh, an author of a, of a novel, a spiritual novel called Pushing Upward. She just won this massive Los Angeles literary award. She's going to be on talking about her book. So you know what the show is all about. We've been doing the same thing for all these years because we want to give you an edge in life. We want you to have tools or maybe to remind you of the tools you already have that you're not using in order to rock this world, because that's what we're here for, to maximize our potential, to get out of the ruts, out of the routine, out of the nonsense, and really live, become alive. Hence, David Essel Alive, right? 1-800-548-8255. And Dr. Tom Seaborn, I'm laughing because I don't know a guy that's more alive than this dude. 16 books. He's in the Taekwondo Hall of Fame he holds a Guinness World Book record in fitness. Um, he's been featured in Sports Illustrated multiple times. <laughs> I think he's maximizing his potential. Dr. Tom, welcome back. Thanks, David, and thanks for having me back. You've got some, some major energy going tonight, don't you? <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, this show is so fun. You know, I, I, I get a chance to to hang out with people that are, are moving the world, that are doing great stuff, so it energizes me, absolutely. And uh, and Dr. Tom's book, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Quick Total Body Workouts. Hey, tell me, tell us, not just me, but tell us about your Guinness World Book of Record. What was that all about? Oh, that, that was a crazy thing we did a couple of years ago where I sat on a stationary bike and pedaled at 12 miles an hour for seven and a half days for 185 hours. <laughs> and we, yeah, we we were raising money for uh, our fitness program out here, and uh, in doing so, I got a tremendous number of saddle sores and and, oh. and learned a lot about sleep deprivation. I only slept an hour and fifteen minutes every night for seven days, so you can imagine the hallucinations oh. I was having by the sixth day. 
I can't. Now, was someone like holding you up on the bike so you wouldn't tip over? <laughs> That's, what's funny about that is I did fall off, and it's actually on. <laughs> I have a I have a little YouTube channel called Live Like an Athlete, and uh, I did fall asleep on the bike on day six, and it's there on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> the only the only human in the world to fall off a stationary bike is me. <laughs> <laughs> so so at the end of that. And you, and you get this Guinness World Book record. Did, did they did they like fly it to DC, or did they just send the the certificate to your house? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, they just sent it to my house. And the, the purpose we were trying to raise money for the uh, our Race Across America attempt, also, which was going to happen a few months after the record, but they didn't let me know for another three months. So so that part of it didn't work. But yeah, it was it was nice to get the certificate in the mail. And and David, the the important part from here was that so many people helped me with it. I had to have Four witnesses in the room at all times. I had to have a medical person. I had to have it videoed for every second of the uh, event. So imagine all the people that helped me with that. So that that was amazingly gratifying. Yeah, yeah, that had to be. That had to be. And then how do you transition from riding a bike for 7.5 days into writing a book, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Quick Total Body Workouts? (laughs) You you ask great (laughs) questions. Uh, yeah, nobody wants to ride a bike for seven and a half days to lose weight. <laughs> they, they want to they want to do it as quickly and as efficiently as possible, and therefore that's the book. Mm. Now we have, according to the last statistics I saw, you might be able to correct this. We have about fifteen percent of the U.S. population that exercises four days a week. Is that about correct? You're you're right. That's, that's terrible. It's terrible. And, and, and David, it's so easy. Gosh, I mean, not, not just my book, but so many different, you know, you can go on to videos to show you how even at your desk, you can move, you can do half squats, you can use your desk as a push-up machine. I mean, we've got to move. And, you know, I, I live in a rural setting, so uh, you don't need a gym out here. You can just be with your cattle and, you know, feed your horses and all. But, Gosh, you know, in this, in, in some places where people just everything is seated, whether it's all day long and then going to you know going to dinner and then finally going home, and they never stand up. And and as you probably know, uh, some recent statistics show that sedentary living, prolonged seating, just sitting for seven to nine hours a day, is more hazardous than smoking because of obesity, diabetes. So, yeah, we've got to get moving. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting you said about living in a rural area. Do you know uh, a former client of mine who now is a friend of mine moved to uh, North Carolina? Uh, him and his, his wife live on a farm now. And he called me the other day and he said, hey, I need to talk to you about workouts I can do in the woods, in the forest, mm-hmm. on our property because I don't have time to get to the gym. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, all, and, and as you also know, I mean, it's, it's better to work out outdoors as far as psychologically mm-hmm. to remove stress. And, and, and David, just the, the fact that people are taking all these psychotropic drugs when we know that exercise can replace, you know, I'm not saying to go out and just exercise and stop taking the drugs, but you know, you've seen the research and it's so sure. important for people to move. And if, if they don't, then the, the repercussions aren't just physical, but they are psychological. 
You know the thing, and, and, and we're talking with Dr. Tom Seaborn, uh, author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Quick Total Body Workouts. Dr. Tom, why is it? You know, I remember when I start, started off in the world of fitness in uh, 1979, 1980, and I remember back then the statistics were the same. 85% of the population does not work out regularly. 15% does four days a week. Okay, that's a long time ago. Why is it that we have not moved those numbers with all we know, all the research, all the data about the powerful benefit of even small bursts of exercise? Why do you think that we have not budged those numbers? Yeah, it's, it's crazy because even back then and before, our kids were out on playgrounds. They were work, you know, they were playing and they were running around. But now, with all of our technology, we don't have to move. We don't have to move for anything. And, you know, it starts at the young ages and, the, you know, the kids have all their different electronic devices and we do too. So why should we move when we don't have to? When hmm. the reality is that if we move, we will love it. And once we get started, then we'll never quit because the benefits so outweigh the, just that sedentary living. So you're right. I think, I think it's technology. I think the, hmm. the fact that we don't have to move and, and people think, you know, it's kind of like inertia. If we're not moving, then why should we move? And, and gosh, mm. like you're saying, education doesn't seem to be enough. No, it's you know it hasn't moved the, the needle at all, has it? I mean, we you know, and I re, and, and and if you look at all the different committees in in towns across America, one of my my mentor, my main mentor in life is Joe Cerulli out of Gainesville, Florida. Joe's big in the fitness industry. He just won the the club industry yeah. uh, lifetime achievement award. Do you know who, who Joe is, Tom? Yeah, I, in fact, I just read that in the club industry magazine. Yeah, congratulations yeah. to Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And so Joe and I have been friends for, you know, I don't know, 25, 30 years now. And uh, and he's just been a huge, huge influence on my life. Um, but, you know, we, we look at all the, the committees that he's been on and, you know, the the get fit city committees and all this kind of stuff. But it just isn't working. So tell me your book, The Complete Idiot's Guide to to to, to Total Body Workouts. How is that? How could that be an asset in changing these numbers? Yeah, David, because it just gets people started, and it, it start, you start easy. <laughs> start at your desk, and and that's what it does. It shows you how to work out at your desk, at home, or in the gym, and it's simple exercises. It, you don't have to buy a lot of equipment, and you don't have to spend a lot of time. Like you said, quick. These workouts can be for two minutes. Two mm. minutes of doing half squats is a tremendous workout, and. And the exercises aren't brain surgery either. It's not like you have to buy this book. You can just, you can go on any web, you can go on my free Live Like an Athlete uh, channel on YouTube and see all these exercises, David. It's, it's really about people just making that commitment to start. And then once they start and feel the benefits, they'll feel the benefits in a, actually the, the second they do the workout, they'll feel the benefit. And then as far as seeing benefits, they'll see the benefits in about a month. So, yeah, I, I think it's a lot about, you know, the benefit of looking at themselves in the mirror and then knowing that in a month later it will be a different person in that mirror. I like that. Dr. Tom, we're going to ask you to hang on right there. We're going to go to these messages. Tom Seaborn, author of the book, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Quick Total Body Workouts. When we come back, we'll talk to Dr. Tom about people he knows that have committed a small amount of time on a daily, weekly basis, and what benefits that they have received out of it. 
We're going to talk to him about real-life people who have succeeded by starting small, starting slow, starting easy. And maybe that's exactly what's needed for you as you sit here today go, you know, why not? Why shouldn't today be the day that I finally do something? If this guy's telling me, and you can trust me, Tom Seaborn knows what he's talking about. If he's saying in two minutes a day I can start to feel something, in 30 days I could start to see something, we'll come back and find out more about that. Every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, America's positive radio talk show. You are tuned in to David Essel Alive, 1-800-548-8255. I'm David Essel. Stay right there. type of movement will work, gang, but we got to get moving as a country. I want to repeat this again. We're talking with Dr. Tom Seaborn, author of the book, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Quick Total Body Workouts. 85% of the U.S. population does not exercise enough. We need to get really shifting and growing and changing on this. So you're tuned in to David Essel Alive, America's positive radio talk show, one 800 Five four eight eight two five five. Doctor Tom, can you share some stories of people like that that you know that started out small? How long did it take them? What was the end result that saw success through starting somewhere? Sure. Uh, the, the first, I have I have like a list, but uh, let me start with Pat. <laughs> she she started with one set of ten repetitions on each of our little strength machines here at the college, and she can now do three sets of ten at a weight that's challenging. And she'll do three sets in 20 minutes, which is amazing. And, and, mm. and the results have been tremendous. And it's not about spending a lot of time doing cardio. This is going from machine to machine quickly. So she's getting both that anaerobic and aerobic benefit, which means she'll be burning calories long after the workout's over and also strengthening her muscle. Love so she, it. She's the, she's the first. And, and the second, I've, I've got to talk about Christy. She... She was a diagnosed anorexic, and, and I'm no medical doctor, David. So I, you know, I told her to go see a doctor. The doctors didn't give her great advice. So I asked her to start a weight training program instead of doing cardio. She would just be doing cardio you know, to chase those calories. And, David, the weight training was amazing because then by strengthening her muscles, she realized, wow, in order to keep these muscles firm, I have to eat properly, fruits, vegetables, lean meats, drink lots of water, and so she did, and, and now she's living a healthy life, and she's not, I mean, you know as well as I, it's, you deal with that daily, but she's gotten through the, the trauma mm-hmm. of it, and she's, she's mm-hmm. living her life. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I've got to talk about Will. Uh, Will walked into my strength training class, and we, we talked mostly. Like, I'd be sitting on an exercise bike, and he'd be lifting weights, and we'd, we were talking about his goals. He's a, he was a Hispanic kid uh, about two years ago, uh, five foot nine, about 130 pounds, and he wanted to be good at something. He, and he, was, he could visualize himself succeeding. I mean, he, he was the kind of guy that you knew this guy was going somewhere. Well, he took my karate class the next semester and was an amazing prodigy, just could learn. And, you know, I said, jump spinning back kick, boom. And then he would train like crazy. The next semester he took it again. And I said, Will, you got to move to Dallas. I said, you have to work, you know, you got you need competition daily. Like I said, I'm in a rural setting. There's no, nobody out here doing that. 
David, right. with, within a year and a half, and this is phenomenal, of him beginning just in a basic karate program, he, he was winning in the WEC, which is a major organization, and he got a UFC contract, uh, you know, six-figure contract. Oh, we're talking MMA! Yeah, and, oh yeah, yeah, he transitioned from karate to MMA. I'm sorry, I didn't mention that, yeah. <laughs> wow! This, this kid, in three years, was in the UFC with a $100,000 <laughs> contract. So, no! I mean, it, it, it's all about, I mean, he did have the potential, you know. And, yeah. And, and then with that visualization, he, he saw himself as a champion. He had confidence, but he wasn't arrogant. And I'm so proud of him. And, and see, let's keep our fingers crossed as he works his way up that ladder. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's so cool about that story, though, Tom, is that, you know, here you, you know, five foot nine, what'd you say, 130 pounds? Yeah. Yep. Hundred five foot nine, hundred thirty pounds. So I mean, he's like a string bean, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness! And then to think that he took that, and ladies and gentlemen, MMA is mixed martial arts, and there's multiple different organizations. But you know, the, 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 these are these are the guys. I mean, they're insane in my mind. You know, like they <laughs> they are just insane fighters, wrestlers, grapplers, kickers. Holy cow, that is cool, Tom. Yeah, and to get to the UFC, you know, that's the ultimate in MMA. Yeah, Yeah. so I'm so proud of him. And again, he did it himself, and it it was his attitude and his unbroken spirit, and and that's, you know, so anybody, you know, it's it's not like anybody can do it. He had potential, for sure, but Mm -hmm. the fact that he put so much psychic energy into his uh, progress, I think that's what did it for him. And then uh, my next one I thought about it was Sika. She's in my class this semester, and she walks in the first day with a broken collarbone and her arms in a sling. And most kids would say, oh, I can't work out for the next month. You know, what should I do? You know, what kind of uh, paperwork should I do instead? Of but she, she's working around it. She's working her 75% of the rest of her body. And, David, you've probably seen people like that, too, where they're going to find a way to move no matter what. Right. And, right. And so she she certainly is an in, in, in inspiration. That uh, is so cool. You know, we th- Dr. Tom, that's about all the time we're going to have today, okay. but you know, I love those stories because it gives it gives all of our listeners like a taste of people coming from different walks of life and especially the concept of overcoming challenges, right? Right. Excuses over letting go of excuses. <laughs> so you know, we have we have an anorexic that's overcoming anorexia. We have someone who's injured that's still exercising with injury. We have someone who's a, a string bean that you know turns into a, a, an amazing athlete. <laughs> yes, yes, amazing, and, and that's right. They're my inspiration. Every day I get to work with people and watch them grow. So I think we have the same type of professions, and it's it's so rewarding. Oh, isn't it though? Just, oh my lord, yes! Just to see people reaching their potential, and and all, most of them not even knowing what they were capable of, right? Absolutely, that's right. Mm. Gotta love it, Doctor Tom Seaborn, our guest, uh, author of the the new book, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Quick Total Body Workouts. Tom, always great to have you on board. Thanks for sharing your wisdom. And thank you for having me again. I love it when talking to you. Thanks so much. Good luck in the rest of your show tonight. Yeah, you bet. Thanks, Tom. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Okay. Our toll-free number, 1-800-548-8255, 1-800-548-8255. Listen, for, for everyone tuned in right now, at any given day, you can start to turn it around. If we're talking about your body like we just were, your finances releasing an addiction, 
uh, forgiving someone who has hurt you, uh, getting back on a new career path any day. Any day can be your day. You have to make that decision that this is it, and then take the step into the uncomfortable. Ask for help. 1-800-548-8255. I'm David Essel. So glad to have you on board. It's all about positive stuff. Stay there. Ah, it's all about gratitude, isn't it, gang? 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. Awesome to have you on board. I have a lot of gratitude for the fact that you're tuned in to David Essel Alive. As we celebrate 21 years on the air, I have a lot of gratitude for our awesome guests. Coming up in a moment, NBC News correspondent Carrie Sanders is back with us. I'm excited to talk to Carrie today. Everyone else that we've had on, who we will have on after Carrie, I am filled with gratitude. Thanks so much for taking the time to share your day with us as we broadcast live out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California, XM Satellite Radio 168 and streaming worldwide at talkdavid.com, one 800 Five four eight eight two five five. Carrie Sanders is with us right now, the NBC News correspondent, Emmy Award-winning reporter, uh, contributes on a regular basis to NBC with Brian Williams, the Today Show, and so much more. Carrie, welcome back. Thank you very much. Good to join you. Yeah. Now, hey, I have a question about y- your attitude, since we talk so much about positive attitude, and the last time we had you on, the stories you shared were uh, incredible. Now, when you're traveling all over, Carrie, you're going to Haiti with the earthquake and, and Chile with the mine disaster and Iraq with the war. How do you stay positive in light of the fact that you're going to report on these conditions that are pretty tragic? One thing is, just by the mere fact that I am so busy working, that it does put up a little bit of a shield in the same way, I guess, that a police officer or a fireman does when they're in the midst of a crisis. The other thing that I do is that I really go out of my way to try to find the stories of inspiration. So, for instance, in Haiti, where there is just so much tragedy on a regular basis, and, you know, you bring up the earthquake, the story that was most compelling to me those people who were fighting for survival, and I wanted to talk to them and tell their stories and show how in this, this horror there are people who find a way and keep their head above water and, and, and like that. You're amazed, I think, amidst tragedy you- like that. There are people who can find a reason to celebrate and actually feel good. But, of course... When you've been through something like that and you've survived, or you're in the process of surviving, that is a celebration. Yeah, in, in, in the different um, the countries that you visited that that are in war, that are in poverty, is there one that comes to mind, Carrie, where that the people are were overly optimistic or overly happy or in good moods? I mean, where it was almost like sort of oxymoronic. He said, "Oh my lord, you know, here they're going through starvation or war, but so many of them have a great." Great attitude. Is there any one country that comes to mind when I ask that question? Um, no one country, but there's something weird about war. 
and you really don't believe it until you see it, and that is those who are in the country where the war is taking place have a way of unifying and despite all the hell that's going on around them, uh, find a way of supporting one another and helping each other. And the troops that are involved in the war also have camaraderie. I, I, let me tell you, I used to live in Fort Myers, Florida, and when I was a very young reporter in my early, uh, early part of my career, in my 20s, I would interview people who were talking about World War II and they would be getting back together uh, uh, they'd spent time together in the Pacific, or they had you know, spent time in, uh, in in Germany, wherever they had been with their uh, fellow troops. I was always amazed to hear these retired folks wearing their Hawaiian shirts talking about this was the best time of their life. And I didn't understand how anybody could think that being in war was the best time of their life. And it wasn't until I was actually embedded with members of the military, I was embedded with the Marines, as the uh, Iraq War began, that I really understood what they were talking about. They weren't talking about the best time of their lives in war where people are sadly dying or being maimed. They were talking about a camaraderie that only exists between the Marine to your left and the Marine to your right and the one behind you and the one in front of you that you develop because you know you're relying on each other for their very existence. And so... It's sort of the same thing whether you're on the receiving end, whether the war is going on around you, or whether you're actually uh, on the side of right. Everybody has this sense of pulling together, and I think that might be human nature. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think you're dead on. I mean, I've, I've seen it not to the extent that you have. I've seen it, though, as well, listening to people talking about um, experiences that were absolute hell in my eyes, and yet they were bonding over them, just reliving the memories. It, it, you know, amazing. Recently, just, just recently we had Hurricane Isaac, and we know that the folks in Plaquemines Parish were once again forced to deal with tragedy, but also, by the same token, turn to each other and help each other out. And it's really weird when people have lost so much how they help each other out, and there's, a, there's actually a sense of good feeling despite all the tragedy. Right. What's the assignment that, that you were on that was the scariest for you, that, that you felt maybe your life was, was, was being threatened at the highest level? Is there one that comes to mind? Uh, yeah, probably when I was in uh, Kosovo, and this is when uh, uh, you know, the U.S. had been bombing Belgrade, and I was in Belgrade, and uh, we made our way down to uh, Kosovo, and <clears throat> I did a story that, uh, I mean, I, there, there's, no, there's no blinders up and there's no parameters when I'm doing a news story. I'm going to tell it like I see it and like it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did a story that uh, uh, upset folks up in Belgrade. The government uh, that was, uh, you know, the Serb government was quite upset with uh, the blunt story that I had told about the... Uh, execution of ethnic Albanians, and so uh, my name was put on a list to find me and take care of me, and mm. uh, when I found that out, take care of me does not mean like, Mr. Sanders, we're asking, escorting you to the border. It can be far worse than that, and right. uh, there was a moment where uh, the cameraman who I was with, uh, Tom Bear, had a gun put to his head, and uh, we did not know what was going to happen. And unfortunately, the Serb soldier who was uh, uh, doing this was uh, drunk on top of everything else. So mm. I think that may be one of the more frightening moments mm. of my career. Yeah. And how did you work your way out of that? 
Well, um, a matter of being polite and, quite frankly, trying to reason with a drunk is next to impossible. But when somebody yells at you, you do not bring your voice back to their level. You bring it down uh, and don't whisper, but it's a calming voice. And somewhere in there, there must have been somebody else looking out for us because uh, as much as we think that we played it right because we walked out of there, there was greater forces at, at play there. Right. Absolutely. Do do you get to choose assignments? Like if you see something that you really want to participate in, do you get to ask to be put on assignment or do you have to wait and be and to be told where to go? No, no, it's a uh, you know, it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Sure, actually I see something and I know, you know, geographically I I'm 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 based in in Florida. So in the event that something happens close to here like, you know, Chile is not close, but the minor disaster is closer to uh Florida than it is to uh, New York or Washington. So when that happened, boom, I'm on my way down there just because I can get there first. You know, news is not only reporting what you see, but we like to be there first when something's happening because when we get the fresh details of what's developing, in that case, it went on for quite a long time, we want to be able to develop the relationships with the people that we need to right from the beginning so that the stories we're telling are complete. You know, it's the context of the story that's as important as anything else. Yeah. How have you changed, like over the last 15 years, let's say, Carrie, how have you changed as a human being after doing the reporting on all of these different, the tragedies and, and the inspiration? How have you personally changed? Um, I, I think the one thing that I've, I've kind of come to realize is that I've probably reported enough of the conflicts that I want to report on. I mean, the, I'm not sure I want to rush back to another war. Um, it's really hard to see that and you know as a reporter my job is not to have an opinion my job is to tell you what's going on and let you draw your own conclusions uh it's uh it's a challenge when you see uh the wrong people suffering when there's a conflict going on so i have not in recent years rushed back to a conflict zone i'm fine with going to natural disasters i'm fine with going to political strife but uh, when people are picking up guns and, and it's an all-out war and people are shooting each other, my hand is not up to volunteer for that as often as it once was. Yeah. Do you feel, Carrie, in any way that that going through all that you've gone through, uh, and, and let's not even just say for yourself, for any uh, international correspondent, that it could lead to a jaded opinion about life as a civilian? Yeah, well, that's uh, that's the challenge, of course, because you don't want it to. You, you have to maintain that that you know, that direction and that, you know, normalcy. And the minute you start thinking that, you know, and, and you become jaded, you actually begin missing stories because uh, you don't recognize that if something, let's say a mortar comes in and then another mortar comes in and another mortar comes in, well, and it starts becoming so routine, you sometimes forget that that barrage of mortars is sensational. And my God, that needs to be reported. How is it that they are able to cite in those mortars so effectively against, say, the U.S. troops. Well, you know, that's a story that I did uh, down in southern Iraq, and it turned out they were using Google Earth to get their bearings. And so mm. we did that reporter, and Google Earth wound up taking it out. But, you know, it, it, takes the, it takes the sense of this is not normal, I'm not jaded, to ask the next question. How are they able to do this? How are they able to cite in those mortars so effectively in such a large area? You know, and that's... Right. That hopefully 
what leads to better reporting. Final question for Kerry Sanders. What's next? What's your next assignment? Do you have any idea? I am not sure of my next assignment. However, I have uh, just heard from an interesting story down in the Florida Keys, working with some scientists who are trying to figure out whether there is a way to stop the invasion of the lionfish. This is a predator fish that does not belong in these waters. It comes from uh, uh, the Asian waters. And it has no attackers, and it is a voracious eater, and it is winning the war. It's proliferating to the point mm. that uh, it's putting out other species. And so scientists are hard at work on that, and I just recently joined them, and we'll have that story on in the next next couple weeks. Awesome. Awesome. Carrie Sanders, NBC News correspondent, uh, Emmy Award winning reporter, contributes regularly to NBC with Brian Williams at Today Show and more. Carrie, it was great having you back. I love it. And we'll look forward to your return visit with us. Thank you so much, David. Okay. Bye bye now. 1-800-548-8255. After these messages, we're back, gang. More information, giving you a different look at the world, giving you a different, more optimistic, more real look, a more human look at the world around us. 1-800-548-8255. So happy that you're choosing to spend some of your time with us right now. I'm David Essel. Stay there. David Essel live, rocking across these great United States tonight, 1-800-548-8255. I'm going to get to uh, as many of your emails as we can in this next segment. Uh, and don't forget, you can email us during the show at talkdavid.com. You can email us seven days a week. Like us on Facebook. Just go to Facebook, David Essel Alive. Like us there. Twitter, follow us at David Essel. LinkedIn, follow us at David Essel there. And seven days a week on all these different forms of social media, we give away free information. Also, in a couple minutes, I'm going to share with you about our brand new VIP text club. Our VIP text club, where once a week we're going to give you free gifts that you will get via text, which is kind of fun. Uh, 1-800-548-8255. Uh, here's a question about happiness. Uh, this was spurred out of my, my interview just a minute ago with uh, NBC correspondent Kerry Sanders. I was asking him about how do people in war zones, et cetera, stay happy. And uh, we got a question about how do we change our attitude to one of happiness? It's a great question. The very first thing is, and I know I know that some people in my industry will kill me for saying this. Kerry Sanders would kill me for saying this. But cut back on the news. Oh, my Lord. You know, I'm not kidding you. We have so many addicts in this country, news addicts, stock market addicts. Oh, gosh. If there's one thing I could say is, listen. Garbage in, garbage out, right? If your mind, from when you get up in the morning to you go to bed at night, is filled with all that is wrong with the world, it's going to be tough as hell to have a great attitude. That's just fact. That's just fact. Um, number two, I would say get involved with groups that are of like-minded people trying to make a difference in this world. Charities, church groups, 
uh, social meetings, uh, classes. It might be photography classes, art classes, music, dance, etc. Get involved with groups that aren't talking about all that is wrong with the world. Um, also, you know, in regards to what are we reading, you know, are we reading just a bunch of trash novels or a bunch of nonsense? Uh, and not that that's that's all bad, of course. But but what are we reading before we go to bed? And what are we, re- we re- are we reading first thing in the morning? I mean, those two times a day are crucial to fill our brain with good stuff to go to sleep with and to wake up with. So, so important. And the last thing I would say is exercise. You know, make sure that you're walking, that you're working out, that you're doing something five days a week to get the exercise and you need to um, produce the endorphins in the brain, the feel-good chemicals in the brain, so that you feel really good. And the very last thing would be deep breathing or meditation on a regular basis. Uh, I would say that, you know, though, I mean, though, and that's a great, thank you so much for writing in. That's a great question. How do we become happier? I love it. I love it. What an awesome, awesome question. Uh, this next question that came in, does pray, in your opinion, does prayer really work? Oh my Lord, yes. Now, but my opinion isn't, doesn't really matter, does it? I mean, it's just my opinion. However, uh, an acquaintance of mine, Dr. Larry Dossey, wrote an incredible book, um, Oh, my God. Let me try. What's the name of it? Prayer is Good Medicine. Thank you, Brain, for pulling that out. Prayer is Good Medicine. And he he published in there the double-blind placebo-controlled studies talking about the power of prayer. And he showed different groups that were prayed for and not prayed for and how the groups that were prayed for heal quicker than the groups not prayed for. I mean, it's statistically valid, scientifically statistically valid that prayer absolutely works so but check the book out don't just take my 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 word for it prayer is good medicine it's 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 awesome it's awesome um oh and you know let me go back to the question just a moment ago about positive attitude how to be happier in life that's one of the reasons we created the david s alive vip texting club because every week we want to send you a gift on motivation and it's really easy. So just write this down. Just uh, type in 69302. That's the text number you're going to send this to. 69302. The message, just type in the word Talk David, all one word, and hit send. And then once a week, every Saturday, you'll receive positive motivation. It could be an audio. It could be a video. It could be um, a link to an article. But we're going to keep you fueled, just like we do for three hours every Saturday. We're going to keep you fueled with really awesome information. And every Saturday, you're going to get one gift just to help you through the week. And then make sure in your contact name that you put David, my name David, underneath 69302. So when that text comes in, you'll know it's from me. Um, another, you know, we're getting a lot of questions about the Master Mentor Program. Go to our website. This is where I work with you for 52 straight weeks. One-on-one, 52 straight weeks. We rock and roll. We, we, we have about two openings a month, one or two openings a month that come uh, available for the Master Mentor Program. And if you want to work with me one-on-one, I would absolutely love to. Go to talkdavid.com. And um, and just click on Master Mentor Program, and you'll get the information that you want there. Uh, let's go to Martin in Oklahoma. You're on with David Essel. Dave, good afternoon. Everything is just uh, brings a bell. Everything you're saying is it's 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 uh, exactly to the point. But in this day and age, do you notice any difference being able to accomplish these things 
years ago, it seems to me that, go back to the age, I don't know if this will date myself or not, but like Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, and all the motivational sure. things people used to do. Here's yeah. it all. Hey, and just so you know, Martin, Martin, we've got about 40 seconds, so we have to make this quick. Well, is there a difference today? Do you notice with people, were, <clears throat> for years we've been talking about the problems we're inundated with on a daily basis, but nobody seems to have a solution. Everybody's got the answer. Everybody in the world and their brother, everybody has got the answer to everything, but nobody has a solution to anything. And I think we're so inundated with this on a day-to-day basis that we kind of give up um, and, and even with what you're saying, years ago, we didn't have that kind of input that we have today. So we just yeah, comp- yeah, Martin. I, I'm Martin. You know what? I, I'm so glad you called and and call us back. I want to take some more time with you. But but one of the things I'm going to say to answer your question is is that I think we need to slow down and quit looking for the next big hit and actually put into action the things we already know. And I'll talk to you more, Martin. Stay right there. I'm David Essel.